Thomas Dorsey is considered the father of gospel music. He was born at the beginning, or right at the end, of the 20th century in, in Georgia, the son of a Baptist preacher. His mother was the organist. But when he was a kid, financial times were hard, and they moved to Atlanta, where his mother became a domestic servant and his father a day laborer. Thomas was not happy in those circumstances. He quit school when he was 11. Having learned to play the piano from his mother, he went to Chicago when he was 17. And there he found a great place, an opportunity for him to use his piano skills. He was known as the piano whisperer because he could play the piano in a way that kept it quiet so as not to attract the authorities' attention. He joined up with some well-known blues singers and made a name for himself traveling and playing with them. When he was in his early 20s, he suffered a nervous breakdown and went home to Atlanta to recover and then returned to Chicago and a few years later suffered another nervous breakdown. It was the second nervous breakdown that caused him to consider really what he was doing with his life and he determined that he would dedicate his musical skills in service to God. He wed the rhythms of blues and jazz with sacred text into something that we now consider gospel music. But interestingly enough, churches really weren't interested in hearing it. They were concerned with that kind of music being inside four sacred walls and he had a hard time finding a place to play gospel music. But eventually, he did have an opportunity. In the early 1930s, he was asked to be the guest pianist for a revival in St. Louis. So he left his wife back in Chicago to head to St. Louis for the revival. After the first night of the revival, he received by telegram some devastating news. It said in just one sentence, your wife has died. He returned to Chicago and learned that she had died in childbirth, bearing their first child, a son. And the next day, his son died as well. He buried them in the same casket and couldn't play any music. About a year later, however, he sat down at the piano and a wave of peace came over him, and he wrote the song to some old blues music that you might know now as Precious Lord, Take My Hand. One thing that we know about gospel music and that Thomas Dorsey helped remind us of in creating a publishing house for it is that it reminds us that God is in the suffering and in the challenges of life. And as Gospel music calls us to sing the good news of God's presence, even in the most difficult circumstances, giving us the opportunity to remember and to claim God's presence in the midst of the most difficult and horrific circumstances. Gospel music speaks of the emotional intensity of life, both the highs and the lows. And as we remember the lows, we also remember Christ's presence in them. 
The power of gospel music is to claim God's presence in the difficult times and to help us to remember that. And that is why it is so powerful to us who hear it. Through the repetition of God's faithfulness in the difficulties, we claim that again in our own lives. Often we are hesitant to reflect too much of suffering on suffering. We feel that it might be self-pity, and indeed, we can be inclined to go that route. But when our remembering of our suffering brings with it a remembering of God's provision, then we find ourselves proclaiming God's goodness, remembering it in the proclamation. We remember that God sustains us even in the most difficult circumstances. This is what we are to be reminded of in our gospel lesson today. In Luke's telling of the destruction of the temple, which happened in 70 AD, when he wrote it down, it had already happened some 20 years before. Jesus had indeed spoken of this event and told people that it would indeed happen. The temple was a picture, an example of Herod's political power. Although it took only about 18 months to build, it was added on to for 40 years. Each thing put on there with intentionality to perfect this image of Herod's reign. And Jesus knew that there would come a time when it would be destroyed. When Luke tells us about the destruction of the temple, he is not speaking of the end times when Christ will come again. Instead, he is simply speaking about the destruction of the temple and what would happen prior to that destruction, the persecutions and the sufferings that would be a part of the lead-up to that destruction. And we can read about some of those persecutions and sufferings in the book of Acts. We see in the beginning of the book of Acts, in chapters 6 and 7, the story of the first martyr, Stephen, the one for whom this congregation, this church, is named. Stephen was speaking to the Jewish leaders about how it is that God had been faithful in the life of God's people throughout all time. He spoke of Abraham. He spoke of Joseph. He spoke of Moses. And at the conclusion of his speech of God's faithfulness, he accused the righteous that were living of being stiff-necked people, unable to consider that Jesus was a part of this line. He accused them of being unwilling to respond to God's provision. Well, it made them angry. They gathered together, and you can read about this in the 6th and 7th chapter of Acts. Stephen looked up to heaven, and he says, Look, I see the heaven opening, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And that seemed to be the straw that broke the camel's back. They picked up their stones, and they stoned him. While he was being stoned, Stephen cried out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then a little later, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And then he died. Following in the footsteps of his Savior, he reminded us of God's faithfulness, God's provision, presence in the difficult times. Our God is familiar with trials and tribulations. This is no new news to him. He promises not to abandon us there. 
And our charge is to remember God's faithfulness and to look for God's provision, even in the difficult circumstances. This is what I think about when we pray together the Eucharistic prayer. And we say, and now we offer to you our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Sometimes praise and thanksgiving feels like a sacrifice. We don't have much to give, and yet we offer it to God in the midst of our circumstances. God is faithful, providing for us even in the most difficult of circumstances. And again, we hear this in our gospel lesson today. When Jesus says, do not prepare your defense, I will be there with you and give you the words. And then at the end, not a hair on your hair, on your head will be lost. When Thomas Dorsey was asked how it is that he came up with the words to the song, Precious Lord, Take My Hand, he could only describe them as a gift. He sat at the piano. A wave of peace came over him. He played a familiar tune, and these were the words that followed. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord. Lead me home. Our charge as followers of Christ is to remember God's provision through Christ. And as we reflect on the challenges of life, we are offered the opportunity to look for God's provision and to sing of God's faithfulness so that we might be reminded and remember how it is that God is with us in all things. Amen.